become our friend on Facebook. Post on our wall your thoughts about our shows and network. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its hosts are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. Shares of corporate sponsors may be the subject of buy or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's newsletter in accordance with Jay's objective opinion. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. Turning Hard Times into Good Times, I'm your host, Jay Taylor. I'm also the author of a newsletter called Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy and Tech Stocks. And my company, Taylor Hard Money Advisors, is also in partnership with uh, Roger Wiegand, who publishes Trader Tracks, and Chen Lin, who publishes What is Chen Buying, What is Chen Selling?, and we like to remind you that there is an introductory offer, a special low-priced introductory offer, just to try any one of those or all three of those letters uh, before you subscribe to the full price. Uh, you can call Claudio Bossi at 718-457-1426. That's 718-457-1426. Or go to the website miningstocks.com, miningstocks.com, to sign up for any or all of those newsletters. Uh, I like to say the best website to go to now to keep track of everything that I do, uh, including accessing uh, this radio show, is jtaylormedia.com. That's J-A-Y-T-A-Y-L-O-R-Media.com. You can get all three of the newsletters through that uh, source as well um, and a number of other things that uh, I'm active with uh, on television and radio, etc. Well, I want to thank each of you for listening to this show, making it the number one show on the Voice America Business Channel. I want to also thank our sponsors uh, for making this show economically viable. And for the first hour of today's show, our sponsors are American Manganese, Atoche Resources, Millrock Resources, Palangio Exploration, American Bonanza, Brazil Resources, Helio Resources, Lucky Strike Resources, Merrick's Gold, Inc., Metanor Resources, and Paramount Gold and Silver Corp. Well, the purpose of this show, as we have stated many times, is to help us understand what is transpiring under the surface that causes all these crazy political policies, all these policies by our policymakers that seem to make no sense. In fact, uh, sometimes once you understand or get a sense of who is really in control, they make a tremendous amount of, of uh, sense. For example, we have talked, and I talked a couple of weeks ago, about the Federal Reserve, what the Federal Reserve's stated policies are. They've been a tremendous failure in that regard. But if you understand why the Federal Reserve was created, it makes a great deal of sense uh, why they bail out, actually bail out the owners of the Federal Reserve to a great extent. So understanding who is messing with our lives and who has the power and control to do that, well, I believe that's very important if we are to understand or try to predict what's going to happen in the future. Um, and many of those things, of course, the things that were really changed in, in history, uh, in 1776, the revolution, uh, we had a revolution in 1776, the British were defeated and sent out of America. The U.S. Constitution was formed, and it brought forth a very novel idea of freedom and liberty, something that had never really been tried to that extent before in history, the idea that government was supposed to serve the people instead of people serve the government. And that was a very novel idea. Indeed, it was. And it is really, uh, that, that was uh, the philosophy of our founding fathers, and it is the idea upon which Ron Paul 
is running for president. But as we see, Ron Paul is held in a great deal of contempt by the mainstream media who are playing all kinds of dirty tricks on him. First, they try to ignore him, and even when he finishes high uh, compared to his competitors, he's not even mentioned. He's uh, won many straw polls uh, earlier on in the process and never got a, getting any mention of that. In fact, he won, for example, the California straw poll. The media never mentioned it. When uh, Michelle Bachman wins the Florida poll, poll, straw poll, it's all over the news. So the contempt and prejudice against Ron Paul, who is a strict constitutionalist, has not gone entirely unnoticed by many, many people in the media, still largely ignored. Um, Ron's popularity, however, is growing despite the attempts to destroy him by the media. Uh, and I would say, uh, yes, I'll put a label fascist on Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, Bill O'Reilly, those folks on Fox. And why do I say that? Well, I say that because they are in favor of government and military intervention. They are in favor of big government. They want the United States to take its military might and roll over the world and take over countries and and beat religious uh, sense into people uh, to, I think many of these people believe uh, in the name of Christianity, uh, kill a Muslim for Christ, just as they thought we should kill a commie for Christ in the past. Well, maybe I'm overstating it a little bit, but just examine the philosophy of many of the people on the right uh, and I don't know. It's uh, one thing is clear: they are not pro-liberty, and they. Uh, we've just uh, Obama has just recently signed into law a bill that is downright frightening, that legalizes and basically gets rid of the Bill of Rights, and it allows the United States government or the military to seize you or me or anyone in the world off the streets, detain us indefinitely without a trial, and this is just just unbelievable and that's what's more un unbelievable is the fact that so many people seem to not think it's a problem i guess the idea is that well if you're behaving yourself you don't have to worry but what is the terminology behaving yourself mean the people that objected to the british rule were misbehaving they staged a revolution and they risked their lives so for freedom and we are i think uh, sort of turned into cowards uh, now, in America, we've had it so good for so long. Uh, but there really is, uh, definitely Ron Paul wrote a book uh, on the revolution and the need for another revolution, not a bloody one, not anything that we haven't done before, but just basically going back to the roots of our country, what is still our Constitution. Why don't we follow it? There really is a big difference between what Dr. Paul is talking about and what his competitors are talking about in the military uh, the true free market uh, operations that Dr. Paul would really like to see, free markets, and that would mean getting rid of the Federal Reserve because really the most important thing there is is the monetary system, and the Federal Reserve has created a monopoly, as we've discussed on this show many times in the past, uh, to control the monetary system, and of course a few big banks that are owners of the Fed are the beneficiaries of that. Um, Ron... Uh, we, we have talked to many people on this show over the past uh, who have helped us understand what some of these forces against liberty are. Uh, we've had G. Edward Griffin talk about the creature from Jekyll Island. Daniel Estulin has talked about the Bilderberg Group. Adrian Salbucci has talked about um, what has gone on in his country, Argentina, and how the ruling elite have really destroyed that country to a great extent. Ron Paul himself has been on this show a few times. Uh, many more people who have provided some insights into the reason why we are losing our freedom in America. But today, my special guest is Dr. John Coleman. He is the author of many fascinating books, uh, a couple of them that I would mention and I, I hope to touch on when we talk to Dr. Uh, Coleman today is The Committee of 300, and the other book is called The Tavistock Institute of Human Relations. It is really a very fascinating book about how uh, a ruling elite have managed to gain control of our propaganda machinery. You know, we've had on this show in the past uh, an individual from Russia um, whose name escapes my memory right now, um, uh, and he talked about, actually, he grew up in the Soviet Russia and then came to this country uh, as a young man but then went back as an engineer, and and he talked about how the Russian... Uh, how our propaganda machine is so superior to anything that the Russians ever had. 
Uh, so superior, in fact, because uh, here we have people dressed in Brooks Brothers suits who have uh, fancy PhDs behind their names uh, from, from our most prestigious universities, and they are the propaganda machinery of our, uh, of our country. They are on the major media and all the time are very convincing as to why we, uh, why Dr. Ron Paul and other lovers of liberty are, are crazy, nutty people and why we should just really submit to the state, why we should give up our individual rights, the notion that we are created by our, that we, uh, that we are endowed by our creator with certain inalienable rights among those life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness was written into our constitution. And, um, and so that is, of course, um, you know, was a very novel idea and still is a novel idea. And, the, and what I really regret is the fact that Americans are forgetting what America was about. Why do we celebrate the 4th of July? We celebrate it because of 1776, supposedly. But unfortunately, many Americans are forgetting it. The bright and hopeful part of this story, though, is that Ron Paul is gaining a great deal of uh, of following, I think he is. Uh, he is. Uh, a lot of this message is starting to resonate. People are starting to go back and look at our history, not the history that's being taught in our schools these days. That is a revisionist history of what actually happened in 1776. But there is a, a burning desire for liberty and freedom, especially among the young people. And I know, in talking to Dr. Paul many times in the past, he is really uh, energized beyond belief by the young people. Dr. Paul is 77 years of age, and yet. Among the young people, he is the most popular candidate there is, and I would say gaining a tremendous amount of support as time goes on. So we're going to be talking to Dr. Coleman and, and hope to gain some deeper insights into some of these ruling elite and the powers behind the throne. Why is America being taken back by the British or by the royalty of Europe? Why is that happening, and how is it happening, and why are we not fighting against it? Why are we allowing the colonies to be returned to the British Empire. Um, so we're, we do a lot of complaining on this show. Yes, we do. We complain about things we think are unjust and things that are going in the wrong direction, but we do also like to offer some, uh, oppor- some, uh, some hope and some ideas about how, in a small way at least, you can help to take care of yourself uh, and your own finances in light of the, uh, the havoc and the problems that are being wrought upon us by the ruling elite. So we are going to talk to Gregory Eisenhower. He is the, uh, the president and CEO of Merrick's Gold, Inc., and this is a company that I personally own. Uh, it is a recommendation in my newsletter. Merrick's is a sponsor of the show. Uh, they have a great project with I Am Gold in West Africa. And also we're going to talk in the second hour of today's show uh, with um, Richard Williams of Helio Resources, uh, Helio also has some projects in Africa that are really very, very promising. Both of those companies are recommendations in my newsletter. Both of them are sponsors to the show. Both of them I own, uh, own personally in my retirement account. Chen Lin, my good friend and partner, will also be with me at about 4.30. He'll be joining me in my discussion with Richard Williams. Uh, and we are now coming on the break, so let's go right to it so we can get to Gregory Eisner. Uh, so let's uh, don't go away. We'll be right back with Gregory Eisner, the president of Merrick's Gold Inc. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Merrick's Gold, with over 800 square kilometers of contiguous permits in West Mali, Africa. Merrick's and exploration partner IM Gold have spent $17 million on the advanced stage Surabaya Gold project in Mali. 40,000 meters of diamond and reverse circulation drilling currently underway to expand Merrick's indicated resource and to determine the true size of the Surabaya Gold deposit. Exploration also continues on the huge gold anomaly at Zone Bambadinka, as well as the major gold system on the Babara and Kofia permits. American Bonanza Gold's Copperstone Project, located in Arizona, is on track for a fourth quarter 2011 mine and startup process with the goal of achieving full production by the end of the year 2011. American Bonanza is fully funded and permitted with no debit or hedge. The company has a clear strategy to create a highly profitable, mid-tier gold-producing company beginning in fourth quarter 2011. Join the current gold bull market. Be a part of a new gold producer in 2011. American Bonanza Gold Corp. Visit the website at American AmericanBonanza.com for more exciting information. Don't miss this great opportunity. 
Attention gold stock investors, Brazil Resources, Inc., trading as BRIZF on the OTCQX and as BRI on the TSX Venture, is exploring free gold projects in the Garupi Gold Belt in Brazil. Surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits, BRI features top Brazilian geologists, earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold directly in Brazil, led by recognized mining and financing executive Amir Adnani, co-founder and chairman. Look us up now at www.brazilresources.com. That's Brazil Resources. Or call us at 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001. Africa is known for its world-class gold deposits. Both Namibia and Tanzania are mining-friendly countries, and Helio has been exploring for gold here for the last six years. Backed by an experienced board and committed institutional shareholders, Helio is drilling its SMP Gold Project in Tanzania to demonstrate the potential for a multi-million ounce resource. Helio is also in the process of outlining the resource potential at its DGP project in Namibia, which is situated next to Anglo Gold Ashanti's Navatsjab Gold Mine. For updates, check Paramount Gold and Silver is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce gold and silver deposits. Paramount's primary asset, the Sleeper Gold Project in northern Nevada, is located in one of the world's most prolific mining districts. Paramount's gold equivalent resources stand at over 7 million ounces. Paramount trades on the NYSE under the symbol PZG. For more information, go to www.paramountgold.com. Paramount Gold is located for success in gold and silver exploration. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back to Turning Hard Times into Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm pleased to have with me once again Gregory Eisner. He's the president and CEO of Merrick's Gold, Inc., and this is a company that, uh, it's a Canadian company, trades on the Toronto Exchange under the symbol MXI, and you can buy it, as I have, under the symbol MXGIF in the United States. Approximately 119 million shares outstanding, and uh, with a market uh, with a price earlier today actually uh, a little bit down on an up day at 30 cents, leaving it with a market cap of 36 million or thereabouts. Well, for the sake of full disclosure, I should mention that Merrick's is a sponsor to this show. It is also a recommendation in my newsletter, and I personally own the stock in my retirement account. Merrick's goal is operating in Mali, West Africa, and has uh, its 50% partner, really a very prestigious partner, I am Gold. Uh, which is very active in Africa. So it's a company that I think is, is really well on its way to uh, doing some very nice things, some good things for its shareholders, even though today's market price is down a bit. Welcome, Gregory. It's good to have you back on Turning Hard Times into Good Times. Thank you, Jay. I'm pleased to be in your show. Really good to have you. I understand you're talking uh, from Montreal today. You do have an office in Montreal, uh, but your activities are in Mali, West Africa. And you have, as we've talked before uh, on the show, you've got a 43-101 resource of 315,000 ounces, but uh, and that's on your Sarabaya property in Mali. But you've been very, very active. Uh, tell us what you've done last year uh, since or let's say what you've just completed a program, I believe, that IM Gold has financed and spent its $10.5 million now to earn a 50% interest in that project. What uh, what has been done since uh, since that last 315,000-ounce resource has been announced? Correct. Actually, uh, Jay, that resource is uh, 377,000 ounces okay. of uh, mm-hmm. 2.37 grams, mm-hmm. and uh, that was in... Um, January of 2010. So basically, we've had uh, two years of, uh, of drilling uh, since that time. And uh, during the past year, uh, we uh, 
did 30,000 meters of RC drilling, uh, 10,000 meters of uh, infill diamond drilling, and uh, 9,000 meters of uh, auger drilling. And um, the, that, the bulk of that money was spent on the Cerebias structure, um, um, scoping the structure, identifying, you know, the continuity of the, stru- of the structure along the, uh, the 10 kilometers, and identifying more drill targets. Um, primarily, that's what the RC was spent on. Um, the auger drilling was in the Bambadinka structure, which is a structure to the west, a, a gain, a, a big geochem anomaly, a, a big trend, and uh, has attracted the interest of IM Gold and, and uh, has been extensively auger drilled. And, and that's, that has now been, pre- been prepared for RC drilling, which will take place uh, this year. And the, uh, the diamond drilling was uh, completed to increase our resource and uh, we um, we've uh, we hope to have a new resource out mid year, and um, certainly it'll be uh, in excess of our existing resource, which I said is only uh, three hundred seventy seven thousand ounces of a uh, two point three seven. Yeah, I, I guess uh, you can't really legally step out on a limb and tell our listeners what you think they might expect. You you just can't do that, but. Uh, to maybe to put it in some perspective, I mean, if you've done 10,000 meters of diamond drilling, and I guess what you do is you take the lower the lower cost uh, auger or um, you know other drilling that's like diamond drilling is more expensive. Could you maybe explain to our listeners just for a moment the difference between these different kinds of uh, drilling that you do? Certainly, certainly, Jay. The the diamond drilling, of course, is the most expensive. Costs about three hundred dollars a meter and brings up a solid rock core, which you uh, will um, We'll split and, and send half of the way for assay and keep half of the core for, uh, for, for representation purposes. The RC drilling is basically, uh, done by a, um, uh, either a percussion or a rotary bit and brings up a powder. And you, uh, you, uh, you, um, normally assay every, uh, every two meters. And that powder, it, it's not as, uh, as, uh, representative as, as a drill core, but certainly you outline drill targets and it can be used for a resource uh, mm-hmm. estimate. And auger drilling is just, as it says, it's just an auger drill. They're shallow. Uh, it's to go through overburden into, uh, good, uh, uh, solid rock and, um, and bring up a sample. All right. So you've done, 10,000 meters of, of diamond drilling, which you'll use for, I guess that's infill drilling, or you, you use those lower-cost drilling methods to sort of define structure and then go after and, and really pinpoint the exact grades because your grades can be quite a bit different in your uh, uh, from diamond drilling, right? It, correct. Uh, it can be different. Basically, the RC drilling, we've... Uh, we we uh, drilled RC fences across the entire structure, um, you know, steples of uh, uh, 200 meters. And uh, what it allows us to do then go in and it'll it'll generate drill targets for us, diamond drill targets for us, and we can be more more exact in positioning uh, core holes and uh, uh, and have a greater chance of outlining resources. Gregory, if I understand what you were telling me a minute ago, is that you have these two major structures. So it's not just one, but two two structures. Your 377,000-ounce resource uh, is based on what percentage of those structures drilled to date? The existing resource is based on about um, 5% of the existing structures. It's... Uh, it is included in one approximately one kilometer of one structure, and the the the, the structure is uh, ten kilometers long and is two structures. So mm-hmm. it we 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 basically uh, we have a resource over a very small area, and uh, we're um, now we've uh, drilled a much larger area. Have uh, compiling that that drilling information, and uh, we uh, and we'll be including all of that drilling into a new resource. Um, we um, we just announced uh, um, a little week ago that IM Gold have uh, earned their uh, 50% interest in the the project. Uh, they are uh, it's uh, JV now. They are the operator. They're uh, increasing the facilities on site and uh, with uh, with uh, buildings, office, uh, cookhouse, uh, storage facilities, etc. And getting very serious about the project and. Uh, so we've, um, we're quite pleased with that. We're quite pleased that, uh, that they're serious about this project. Yeah, it would seem as though they are because they have uh, fulfilled their requirements in three years rather than four, I believe. 
that quite true. They, they've accelerated that. And in fact, uh, we're still drilling. Um, we've, uh, we've completed the uh, 10,000 meters of, of, of core drilling and that uh, diamond drill is still on site. We're, we're, we're drilling at present. And there's uh, the, um, the 2012 program uh, has been uh, uh, agreed to. It's a, um, it's a 12 million budget and it's just a $12 million and uh, which we will uh, we will pay uh, our our responsibility is fifty percent of that. Uh, we have uh, approximately uh, twelve million dollars in the treasury, our treasury, so we're well well funded for two thousand twelve. Oh. The, uh, the the program uh, includes um, um, fifty thousand meters of RC, another ten thousand meters of uh, of diamond drilling, and another. 9,000 meters of the uh, of auger, um, so it'll be a large program for 2012, and we're looking forward to it. Looking forward to uh, to results. Uh, and so, I guess at, at this point in time, uh, you're 50/50 joint venture partners now, and you both uh, have a say in the budget. And you both, uh, but I believe I am Gold is the operator of the project. Is that right? Absolutely, I am Gold is the operator. And um, we simply we, we will receive uh, reports. We have technical committee meetings, and uh, we're very much involved in that aspect of it. And uh, it's 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 uh, gratifying to have a, a major company like that as your your partner. They're they're fully uh, uh, funded and and have the ability to take the, our project to to production. So. Uh, we have a built-in partner for that, so it's a, it's a quite uh, uh, it's it's quite encouraging. So you wouldn't think uh, that a, that a company like I Am Gold, which I believe is a producer of about a million ounces of gold, would be uh, fooling around um, and accelerating that program from four the, four years to three years if they didn't think there was some reason to uh, to outline a fairly substantial gold project there. That would be my thinking. Well, I I, I agree with you, Jay, on, on that. Uh, it's uh, you know we we passed the point of uh, identifying a resource. We've we've made a discovery in the early days. We've identified a big structure. It has continuity shown by geochemistry and Meg, and and um, certainly you know it it takes time to uh, to to bring these things to to that stage that we're all waiting for. But certainly uh, all of our exploration programs have been positive, and it's just a matter of time now. Uh, Gregory, uh, just if we could take one minute, I've, I'm going to ask the engineer for an extra minute. Um, could you tell our listeners just a little bit? I know, I know most people might be concerned about uh, political risk. Just take a minute to tell our listeners about Mali and, and what are, you know, maybe you can just talk a little bit about the political risks of that country. Mali is very low political risk. Uh, the, uh, you know, I'm, I'm there all the time. I was there just a few weeks ago. Um, it has a very progressive new mining act. Uh, uh, most uh, uh, major senior mining companies are represented there. It's the third largest gold producer in, in Africa. It's uh, an elected government. Uh, you know, it, it's quite uh, it's quite safe there. So it, it's uh, there's a large mining community in, in Mali and, and sort of mining associations and monthly mining meetings. So um, it, it's it's a very good jurisdiction to work in. Okay. Anything uh, else you'd like to tell our listeners before we conclude our discussion today? I would say that um, just uh, we're, we're very encouraged with the results we're getting to date. Uh, wait for the new resource coming out. We've had two years of drilling uh, since the last resource, and uh, that's what we're working towards. Very good. Well, thank you, Gregory, very much for the update uh, on your company, and we look forward to following you in the future. Folks, don't go away. We're going to be coming right back after the break with our main guest uh, this week, uh, Dr. Coleman. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Thank you. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. 
Merrick's Gold, with over 800 square kilometers of contiguous permits in West Mali, Africa. Merrick's and exploration partner IM Gold have spent $17 million on the advanced stage Surabaya Gold Project in Mali. 40,000 meters of diamond and reverse circulation drilling currently underway to expand Merrick's indicated resource and to determine the true size of the Surabaya Gold deposit. Exploration also continues on the huge gold anomaly at Zone Bambadinka, as well as the major gold system on the Babara and Kofia permits. American Bonanza Gold's Copperstone Project, located in Arizona, is on track for a fourth quarter 2011 mine and startup process with the goal of achieving full production by the end of the year 2011. American Bonanza is fully funded and permitted with no debit or hedge. The company has a clear strategy to create a highly profitable, mid-tier gold-producing company beginning in fourth quarter 2011. Join the current gold bull market. Be a part of a new gold producer in 2011. American Bonanza Gold Corp. Visit the website at American bonanza.com for more exciting information don't miss this great opportunity Attention gold stock investors, Brazil Resources Inc., trading as BRIZF on the OTCQX and as BRI on the TSX Venture, is exploring three gold projects in the Garupi Gold Belt in Brazil. Surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits, BRI features top Brazilian geologists, earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold directly in Brazil, led by recognized mining and financing executive Amir Adnani, co-founder and chairman. Look us up now at www.brazilresources.com. That's Brazil Resources. Or call us at 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001. Africa is known for its world-class gold deposits. Both Namibia and Tanzania are mining-friendly countries, and Helio has been exploring for gold here for the last six years. Backed by an experienced board and committed institutional shareholders, Helio is drilling its SMP Gold Project in Tanzania to demonstrate the potential for a multi-million ounce resource. Helio is also in the process of outlining the resource potential at its DGP project in Namibia, which is situated next to Anglo Gold Ashanti's Navatschap Gold Mine. For updates, check out helioresource.com. Paramount Gold and Silver is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce gold and silver deposits. Paramount's primary asset, the Sleeper Gold Project in northern Nevada, is located in one of the world's most prolific mining districts. Paramount's gold equivalent resources stand at over 7 million ounces. Paramount trades on the NYSE under the symbol PZG. For more information, go to www.paramountgold.com. Paramount Gold is located for success in gold and silver exploration. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to triple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to questionsfortaylor at gmail.com. That's questions, the number four, taylor at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Time of the Good Times. I'm your host, Jay Taylor, and I'm really thrilled to have with me today Dr. John Coleman, 
Dr. Coleman is an author, constitutional scholar, and analyst of world affairs who speaks five foreign languages and was stationed in 14 different countries around the world. He has written several books and numerous papers analyzing the power structures of the world. He argues that a relatively small group of people, whom he calls the Committee of 300, constitute a ruling elite who are pursuing a goal of one world government. Dr. Coleman's books have been influential among uh, more well-known authors, uh, other well-known authors, uh, some of which, uh, one of which at least, Jim Mars has been uh, on this show in the past. David Icke is another one. Uh, in his books, Dr. Coleman has discussed institutions such as the Club of Rome, uh, the Giorgio Sini Foundation, the Global 2000 uh, uh, Interreligious Peace Colloquium, the Tavistock Institute, uh, the Bilderbergs, and many more. Welcome, Dr. Coleman, turning hard times into good times. Oh, thank you. I just want to make a comment about David Icke. David Icke has shamelessly copied and plagiarized my work from the very first day that he ever read about it. Hmm. Somebody in this country uh, made a list of all the things, and he bought them and sent them over to England because you have to work this out for yourself. How sure. does a man that's so young gain all that experience? Yeah, sure. The price you pay for experience. There's no way on God's earth that this man could have amassed all of this knowledge, which taken me 32 years to put together, yeah. and then turn around and call it his own. Oh, that's I'm sorry, he's I... a plagiarist par excellence. The very mention of his name makes the hackles of the back of my head rise up. Well, I'm very sorry about that. I wasn't aware. I don't, I've not really, uh, I guess this is shame on me, I haven't done uh, too much uh, investigation, David Eckie. I, I was and have been familiar with Jim Mars, as I mentioned. He's been on this show in the past. Uh, and Mr. Mars has given you credit, I hope, for the work that Mr. you've Mr. Mars has been decent enough to do that, yes. Well, I would think that's the least someone can do because uh, the amount of work that you have, the at least the, the substance, it seems to be so much substance, I mean, to get to... I guess for average people to know uh, and to be able to document all that you've done is one thing, but your book called The Committee of 300 is, I'm just looking at it now, and it's 400-some pages long. Another book that I thought was really excellent, and, and I've just started exploring it, is the Tavistock Institute of Human Relations, which I hope we can talk about briefly today. I was going to talk about that entirely because I spent a lot of time, more time, looking at that one. I was really intrigued by uh, the Tavistock Institute's uh, uh, propaganda machine that was set up, as you say, to try to get the British people and the American people to agree to World War One, right? That's that's what it was set up with the Harmsworth brothers. Um, Lord, uh, the two Harmsworth brothers were the uh, Lord Rothmere mm -hmm. and Lord Northcliffe, and they were funded by the British royal family mm -hmm. to manipulate public opinion. Mm -hmm. And one well, of the I... way they did one of the ways they did this in the very early days was the the Great World War, World War One. They trucked thousands of copies to every soldier on the front line so that he could keep in touch with events that were happening at home. Mm -hmm. Of course, interlacing was very, very clever propaganda. Mm -hmm. So they got their feet in the door at a very, very early stage, and they continued from there. The Tavistock Institute, I visited in their two places. One is in London at uh, the School of Economics, and another one, they have their own special college. Mm -hmm. And they've been the executive arm of the Committee of 300. They've sent all orders to our people in America to carry out their dictates. And we haven't had a president that we've elected since Woodrow Wilson. That, that sounds like a tall order, but if you examine the facts in the book, you'll find that they are substantiated yeah. by the research that I've done. Yeah. So, so what you're saying is there hasn't been a president that has really been uh, elected by the people since Wilson. No, there hasn't okay. been. Okay. I don't. I don't have a problem with with believing that, and I hope we have some time to talk about that. In fact, I want to talk to you a little bit about what's going on in the uh, uh, in the primary campaign in the Republican Party right now. If we can get to that, but there's so so much to talk to you about. Um, 
you, you talk about the Committee of 300, and, and that's where I'd like to start, because it seems to me that's the foundation of much of your work, is this, uh, this very meaty book, this Committee of 300 that you wrote. I believe you started the first edition back in the 70s, or was it the 80s? The 70s, I think, The right? 70s. Yeah, and this is in, it's in its fourth edition now. Yes. Okay. And it's um, translated into several languages around the world. It's very popular in Japan. It's been translated into German and Italian and a number of other uh, major languages. Are, are those the languages that you speak? We mentioned that you that you um, speak. I don't speak Japanese. No. Uh huh. But but which languages do you speak? I speak uh, Dutch, Portuguese, which is a very difficult language. Uh huh. And some French and some German. Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's uh, remarkable. I'm uh, I struggle with one, and uh, and you talk about Portuguese being a difficult language. I can agree with that too. My it's wife very difficult because it has eight over a thousand irregular verbs. And my wife speaks Portuguese, and uh, so I I understand. It. I haven't understood much Portuguese, and. Uh, she doesn't understand why Americans can't learn languages better. But in any event, let's get to the substance of your book. You uh, talk about the 300, the Committee of 300. Who are they? These are people that began their career in 1624 when they got a special charter from the, the Queen of England at that time. And uh, as Walter Rathenau mentioned, these are people who are known, 300 people are known only to each other. And they've kept their secrecy very well hidden, and many of the titled families of the royal families of Europe belong to it. And if you go to the book, there's a complete list of the people, and it's rather lengthy, so I won't bore your listeners by reeling it off. If they want to order the book, of course, we'll tell them later on where they can get it. Yes, please. Or I can do it now if you like. Well, yeah, no, let's do it now, and we'll we'll give you an opportunity to tell people at the end of the show again. Where can people follow your work? Our toll-free number, Mm -hmm. 800-942-0821. That's 800-942-0821. Right. Or they can send an email to www.coleman300.com. So and the website, website is, is coleman300.com. Triple uh, W coleman300.com. Yes. And they can order the book there. Yes. Okay, indeed. well, let's get into it. Uh, so the 300 people, and uh, did you say that you are naming them in the book? They are named in the book, yes, and that's the first time they've ever been named in the world. Okay, and they how did you, how were you able to come their, up with this with their, uh, their identities. And, and, and we had how, several Americans who actually were admitted into the the society as well. Yeah. Vanderside Perkins, the Cabots, the Lodgers, those people who say they speak only to each other and to God. Some of them are belonging to it. Well, how were you, how were you able to come up with, a, with a, list so, uh, a list that's so exclusive as this? Well, I studied in the British Museum in London. Mm-hmm. Not, to, not the one that's open to the public, but the inner sanctum where you're only admissible if you come with a military background. And I'm Irish by nationality. My father was a colonel in the Irish Guards. And so uh, I was able to gain access to the inner sanctum of the British Museum, where many of these things are detailed and made public knowledge. But I do know that since the publication of my book, that list has even been removed from there because a friend of mine was also able to gain access and he went there recently. He said the list is taken out. So that will give you the idea of what trouble they go to maintain their secret identity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking over the list now in the book and I see uh, George uh, Bush. Uh, I see Cabot, John Cabot. Uh, yes, so those are some names. Uh, Clifford, Car- uh, Clifford Clark is a name I recognize. Yes, yes, I'm just looking over. There are a number of them. Very fascinating uh, list of people, no doubt. Mellon, I think I saw. Anyway, uh, okay, so how did the committee come into existence? You say that was it was appointed back in 1624, the, the Queen? Yes, they got a charter to go out to, to uh, China and uh, peddle in the opium business. 
Mm-hmm. They actually, people thought of the history of China as a, as a nation of opium addicts, but actually the British forced it upon them. They fought three wars to enforce their will upon the Chinese people, and that the, the first Chinese war, of course, was to uh, force the Chinese government to accept the opium into their country, which they did very successfully, and the same with the second. But the third time, they put a very, very strong opposition, and they actually burnt the barges that were in the water where the stuff was stored, and so that more or less came to an end. And then it moved to the Middle East, where the um, opium was much more readily available. And uh, if you read the book, you'll find exactly the trail that led back to the British Bank of the Middle East in Dubai, where all these growers were paid for in gold. They knew better than to take paper money. Mm-hmm. And, of course, they, uh, from then it flourished, and, of course, then it turned into a, a huge domestic trade. We know that in Mexico and uh, into the U.S., we were flooded with heroin, mm-hmm. and we turned into a, uh, virtually into a nation of drug addicts. Mm-hmm. Several wars were fought in the United States to put an end to that, and also, of course, in Mexico. But uh, we're largely ourselves to blame for the epidemic of drugs that swept this country, especially amongst the youth of the land. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you're talking about drugs. I have to just uh, sort of depart a little bit from your book and, and ask you because it's uh, Ron Paul has been a guest on this show, and uh, he is widely ridiculed for uh, suggesting that uh, we should just forget the war on drugs and we should, uh, uh, you know, allow the states to determine whether or not they legalize or, or just, you know, stop this, stop making all these drugs illegal. Do you have any yes, thoughts well, on that? The thing is, I, I admire Ron Paul. I sent him a large collection of my papers, over 500 monographs, and also my book on the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going to claim credit and say that I believe he learned a great deal from those books. Mm-hmm. But I have the greatest admiration for Ron Paul. Mm-hmm. He's the only one amongst this circus, I call them, the rest of them, who abides by the Constitution and who very boldly proclaims the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And I think for that, he's got to be tremendously admired. And I only hope that he's the candidate of choice, but I doubt it very much. Well, I have, uh, I, I sort of understand your doubts, and I, I must say that I doubt it too. But uh, at the same time, I am uh, greatly encouraged by the enormous amount of enthusiasm. Uh, the message is catching on, especially among the young people. I don't know how many times I run into people, especially younger people, who uh, who are seeing Dr. Paul along the lines that you, that you just uh, outlined? Um, so the committee it came into existence basically, and why? So why did the Queen grant these rights? And and you have the names of those people. The people that are listed there now, we're going back a long ways to 1624. Are these families that uh, have ex- have? No, they're ex- not necessarily families, but <clears throat> there's a company, and it was a. a the city of London had many, many companies, many trading companies. It was the center of world trade. If you know that uh, all wars are economic in origin, and from the very earliest days, this was true. Mm-hmm. So uh, you, the First World War began when the British wanted to go into the, to the uh, expansion of trade that was going on in Germany, they didn't like that. They wanted to take back the trade from Germany. And then George VI and his foreign minister went over and secretly negotiated a pact without the knowledge of the British public, without their consent, which said that in the event that there was an attack upon France, the British troops would come to the aid of France. They never said how they expected to get the troops over there mm-hmm. and how they were going to logistically manage this. So as a result of that, we know the First World War was a huge tragedy. Mm -hmm. Tremendous loss of life and wounded. And uh, it's been an object lesson, but not one that anybody in power has learned. Very few people. I mean, we we are sort of taught in our schools here in America that the, the two world wars were novel 
were, were very uh, noble uh, endeavors. Well, statesmen make pretty speeches, and they make speeches that sound very patriotic and very uh, for country and for for defense of the nation and for defense of our people, but it's not for that reason at all. They didn't go to war for that. They went to war for economic reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you outline in your book, The Tavistock Institute, in fact, of human relations, that that the Institute was, in fact, created for the purpose of propaganda to not only to get the British people online uh, in an agreement with the war, but also the American people. Let's just take a minute or two and talk about that. I, you know, I want to get back to the Committee of 300, but since we're on the subject, what about the Tavistock Institute? Talk a little bit about that. How did it work? How was it able to uh, to manipulate opinion? You know, and before you start that, I just want to remind, uh, I just want to mention something I said in the first segment of today's show. Dmitry Orlov is the name of the author from Russia, that uh, that talked about the propaganda machine that we have in the United States. He said it's far superior to anything that he saw when he was in the Soviet Union. He said there you had the hammer and sickle on the wall. You had a bunch of thugs that would beat the hell out of you if you objected or said things they didn't like, but you knew they were bad guys. Here, he says, what we have are a bunch of, uh, you know, Harvard, um, Yale, Princeton grads in, in Brooks Brothers suits that talk very, very well, they seem very polished, very kind, very gentle, very civilized, and those are the people that are carrying out the propaganda that are convincing Americans to turn their back on the Constitution, to go against Ron Paul. Those are, it's a propaganda machine that is, that is really, really brilliant. And when I read this book, I started reading the Tavistock Institute, I said, my gosh, this book really does verify what Dmitry Orloff was saying. What are your thoughts? And and if you could just talk a little bit about the Tavistock Institute, how it came about, who's behind it, and how it has influenced the lives of Americans even to this day. Well, as I said, it was founded, first of all, by the Harmsworth brothers, Lord Rothmere and Lord Northcliffe, in 1914. And the purpose of that was to get the British public opinion into World War behind the Queen and the, uh, behind the King, King George V and the British effort to talk the people into World War I because they had absolutely no quarrel with the Germans. In fact, Victoria was uh, later queen. She was of German stock. She didn't speak a word of English, by the way. Hmm. And uh, these people got this charter where they were given permission. They could even fight wars. As I said, they went out and fought wars. And uh, if you could think of this today, you'll see how unbelievable this is. Can you imagine any American company having permission to go out and start a war and invade another country? Mm. That's what they were doing. Well, it seems to me that China, at least... uh, And they were trying to gain a monopoly on the opium trade. Mm -hmm. If you look at all those huge mansions... Mm-hmm. that were built in the early days, in the 1914, between the two world wars. Mm-hmm. Where did the money come from to build those? Where did those right, rich, entitled people get their money? Some of it was ancestral. Some of it was left to them in, in perpetuity. But many of them were the product of opium revenues. Mm-hmm. That grew immensely rich and powerful, and you went out to these huge country estates and wondered, I did when I toured Britain, I wondered where they got the money from. Mm-hmm. And then in the British Museum in London, I found the answers. Mm. Oh. Well, the, the opium trade was, was, was huge, and uh, of course, uh, you know, ties in with, with China, and uh, as you say, uh, how does this committee, uh, getting back to the committee of 300, how does it maintain its grip on the world? How are they able to, you know, I mean, there's one of the objections to this sort of conspiracy theories, I guess we can call it a conspiracy theory, uh, uh, is that, um, you know, people have a hard time agreeing on, you know, what color the walls are, let alone how to agree on, on, on these big issues. How, are, how is the committee able to maintain its grip on the world? Well, if you, take a, if you take a large manufacturing company, 
first of all, you have the uh, the CEO, the chief executive officer. Then you have his officers below him at another level that carry out the orders. Then you have the actual people working in the factory who receive those orders and what they're supposed to do, and they carry out at that level. And mm -hmm. so it goes down the line. Mm -hmm. And the Committee 3 is, is exactly like that. It is composed of layer after layer of people who are issuing these orders, and others are there to see that they are carried out. Mm -hmm. it's not a, it doesn't have a hammer and sickle on the wall. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a club or gun or anything on the wall to tell people, well, look, if you don't do what you're told, but it's carried out in a far more effective and far more subtle way. Mm -hmm. Well, and also I guess there's an economic element to it, isn't there? I mean, if you can become, uh, you, you want to go up that chain so that you can be in a better position in life, so you can have more money, more influence, and this and that. I mean, I think in terms of here in the United States, the Council of Foreign Relations, for example, if you were a member of the Council of Foreign Relations, you're pretty well set for life, I'd say. Absolutely. As you know, I said in the book also, and I, I, I think I gave you a list of these people, uh, but in my latest news, weekly newsletter that comes out every second week, I list that uh, Leroy Newton Gingrich, he is, of course, a member of the CFR, mm -hmm. and so are 90% of the others, including the gentleman from Massachusetts. Right, I would guess he is. Uh, I would guess Ron Paul is not. No, he's not. He's <laughs> one of the few exceptions. Right, right, right. No, there's, there's no doubt about it in the Council of Foreign Relations. So this is how it works. I mean, it's a matter of people striving for upward mobility, and they have to think the same way in order to, to be blessed, in order to be rewarded, in order to move up the ladder, right? That's right. Incidentally, uh, Romney's name is Willard. And, of course, it got, for some reason, got abbreviated to MIT. I don't know why. Yeah. Well, some of the other candidates then, too. Huntsman, uh, we're talking about uh, Santorium. I doubt that he is, but, I, well, maybe he is a member of the council. Now, I'd like to just mention about Romney that his, uh, his grandfather had, was a Mormon mm -hmm. and had eight wives. Mm-hmm. And when the federal government came after him, he moved to the Mormon headquarters in Mexico City. Hmm. And to there escape. he carried on his uh, beliefs. Mm -hmm. And finally, when the dust had settled, he emigrated back to the United States. Mm -hmm. well, that's and interesting. Of course, I said in my uh, weekly intelligence review that if this was... This would be today, Romney would be against immigrants, including his, um, his grandfather. Um, so you have a weekly newsletter. How can people obtain that? There's a At price. Of, of, it's, newsletter. it's a weekly intelligence report. Oh, and you it's can available? You again, 800-942-0821, or you can uh, go on the website and see what we have. Okay, so the but same, the, the, same the place. The newsletter. Mm-hmm is published once every three, every two months, and that's 30 pages long. So these are eight-page reports that are made out every second week. Mm, okay, so... They give you all of the news behind the news. Okay, so what we're doing here is, is um, using your knowledge of history uh, and what's going on uh, to help us understand current events, right? That's absolutely correct. That's uh, very interesting. I, I certainly. How expensive is the newsletter? I'm sorry. How expensive? What is there a charge for the newsletter? Oh, it's very. It's ludicrously inexpensive. Okay. Well, it's uh, for the year. That's 52 reports. It's 199 dollars. Oh, very reasonable. Well, it's certainly something that I'm going to want to take a look at further. We have about a minute left to go. I know that there's so much to talk to you about. Um, you, you mentioned. Um, you you mentioned well the, the group of three hundred to me sounds an awful lot like uh, what Daniel Estulin, he's been a guest on this show in the past, has written about has covered the Bilderberg Institute, the Bilderberg Group, 
uh, I had in mind that the Bilderbergs were very much European royalty, or at least that was a big component of the Bilderberg groups. Uh, we yes, have uh, uh, 30 seconds. I don't know if you want to just do. address that briefly before we go to commercial break, then we'll come back and talk about that and much more. Okay. You, you want to just talk, um, well, let's, let's just go to commercial break right now, and when we come back, maybe we can pick up on the Bilderbergs and how they fit into this, uh, this uh, royalty schematic, this European okay. royalty schematic, let's say. Be fun. So we'll be right back after the break. Don't go away. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Merrick's Gold, with over 800 square kilometers of contiguous permits in West Mali, Africa. Merrick's and exploration partner IM Gold have spent $17 million on the advanced stage Surabaya Gold Project in Mali. 40,000 meters of diamond and reverse circulation drilling currently underway to expand Merrick's indicated resource and to determine the true size of the Surabaya Gold deposit. Exploration also continues on the huge gold anomaly at Zone Bambadinka, as well as the major gold system on the Babara and Kofia permits. American Bonanza Gold's Copperstone Project, located in Arizona, is on track for a fourth quarter 2011 mine and startup process with the goal of achieving full production by the end of the year 2011. American Bonanza is fully funded and permitted with no debit or hedge. The company has a clear strategy to create a highly profitable, mid-tier gold-producing company beginning in fourth quarter 2011. Join the current gold bull market. Be a part of a new gold producer in 2011. American Bonanza Gold Corp. Visit the website at American bonanza.com for more exciting information don't miss this great opportunity Attention gold stock investors, Brazil Resources Inc., trading as BRIZF on the OTCQX and as BRI on the TSX Venture, is exploring three gold projects in the Garupi Gold Belt in Brazil. Surrounded by expanding gold mines and deposits, BRI features top Brazilian geologists, earlier involved in discovering 10 million ounces of gold directly in Brazil, led by recognized mining and financing executive Amir Adnani, co-founder and chairman. Look us up now at www.brazilresources.com. That's Brazil Resources. Or call us at 1-855-630-1001. That's 1-855-630-1001. Africa is known for its world-class gold deposits. Both Namibia and Tanzania are mining-friendly countries, and Helio has been exploring for gold here for the last six years. Backed by an experienced board and committed institutional shareholders, Helio is drilling its SMP Gold Project in Tanzania to demonstrate the potential for a multi-million ounce resource. Helio is also in the process of outlining the resource potential at its DGP project in Namibia, which is situated next to Anglo Gold Ashanti's Navatsjab Gold Mine. For updates, check out helioresource.com. Paramount Gold and Silver is a U.S.-based exploration company with multi-million ounce gold and silver deposits. Paramount's primary asset, the Sleeper Gold Project in northern Nevada, is located in one of the world's most prolific mining districts. Paramount's gold equivalent resources stand at over 7 million ounces. Paramount trades on the NYSE under the symbol PZG. For more information, go to www.paramountgold.com. Paramount Gold is located for success in gold and silver exploration. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to underlying problems. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to triple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. 
Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the causes and solutions to an underlying problem. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theories to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to quadruple the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has been in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights call 718-457-1426 or visit miningstocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters the business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network 